Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to yet another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host or your co-host, Gina Gaudio Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com. I am calling in live this week from my beautiful new house in Fort Myers, Florida. Am I muting people? I think I am. Sorry. Anyway, we have yet another fantastic show lined up for you guys today. You know, I am really bad at names, so maybe I could have our guest tell us her name before I do all the introductions. Is it Shola? Hang on. Maybe I did meet people. Hello. Shola, are you there? There she is. Yep, can you hear me okay? Yay! I can. It looks a little funny on my cell phone that I'm trying to unmute you guys on, so I apologize for that. Sure. You need a little help pronouncing pronounce my last your name, name for me? Yes. Sure. Please. It's Shola Abby Joyce. Oh, that's easy, just like it looks. Yep. <laughs> So today we have my co-host, Jack Humphrey, the Associate Dean of Directions University, and we have Shola, since you did a beautiful job, I'm not even going to try it again myself. You want to try it, Jack? Yes, and it actually works out on howtopronounce.com. That's exactly the way they said it, too. Well, now I'm going to mess it up. Abadoyi. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So since I've been in, like, elementary school, I always tell people to think of a toy and it rounds with soy. So how are you all doing today? Calling in from uh, Mexico, right outside of San Diego. So delighted to speak with you from a really gorgeous location today. Wow. Thanks for calling us from there. Is that where you live, Shola? Yes, I live part-time here in uh, Mexico. Part-time I live back east where I'm from in D.C., and I also spend uh, part of the year in Europe, either in uh, London, Spain, or uh, Sweden. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is the kind of guest we need to talk to, Jack. We want to know how you do that for sure. <laughs> well, it would be possible without uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about today. So I'm uber excited about sharing some fantastic content and uh, definitely weaving in some uh, lifestyle business tips. Because, after all, we're in the business for the lifestyles that we want, right? Exactly. Absolutely. So, Jack, why don't you give Shola a proper introduction, and then I'll let you take it away. All right. Absolutely. Shola is the world's number one expert in, I bet it's pronounced CRISP, C-R-S-P, which which stands for Controllable, Repeatable, Scalable, Predictable, Digital Sales Growth for Leading Authors, Advisors, and Sellable Companies. She's grown more than three companies by 10,000% in five years, and her clients include market-leading New York Times, USA Today, and Amazon best-selling experts. Trained as an economist at Oxford University in Swarthmore, she began her career in Citigroup and the Corporate Executive Board, and her first online venture was acquired by Fresh Spin Ads in 2012. That's what I have for you, Shola. Did I miss anything else important? Well, I don't know. Just tell me how I took the Monday under the table for such a gracious introduction, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> the under the table is PayPal, and uh, okay. I'll give you that address after the show. <laughs> well, thanks, and so welcome. For, uh, we really want to get into this. This is interesting new stuff for us. I've never heard of this crisp thing, I've, uh, and I, I know very little about you, and I want to learn all about all of these things today. And we have an hour, so let's get started. What's... Uh, where do you want to start? I want to hear about Chris, but you, you can tell us where you'd like to start today. Well, I, I bet everyone who uh, might be in the audience has heard the term, whether it's from Tony Robbins or uh, Simon Sinek, start with the why. So it might be apropos to just start with my why. So a really quick story okay. of how I came to do what I do for those whom I do it for. So I was lucky enough to uh, go abroad for um, graduate school. I've always loved traveling 
Um, my colorful name comes from the fact that my dad immigrated from Nigeria to study engineering at George Washington University in D.C. My mom is a native Washingtonian. So, you know, I've always kind of had the international background. So I just decided for the heck of it that I wanted to go abroad for um, graduate school. I had spent time working at a startup during, like, the first, dot, um, you know, Web 1.0 bubble in New York, and, you know, it went south, and I just wanted to do something different. Anyway, towards the uh, end of uh, studying, about three months before I was, I was supposed to come back to the States, the um, English biggest, one of English's biggest newspaper called The Guardian came out with an article entitled The 1,000 Best Books That You Have to Read Before You Die. And I literally remember it like it was yesterday. I remember looking at that list and saying to myself, you know what? You never get to read all these books if you have a regular nine-to-five job. It was like the heavens opened up, and I was like, okay, I am not going to be able to work. Like, I have to start a business. So that's kind of like where my big why came from on a more personal level. Eventually, you know, that morphed into me wanting to share with other business owners and um, people who were entrepreneurs how to develop um, strategic sales funnels. But I can tell you that everybody who's listening you have to think about what was that big moment for you because I often relate that back. It really was that moment looking at looking at two buckets, you know, the first bucket or rather the fork in the road. The first um, road was a, a life where I would be in a 60-hour-plus job for the next 40 years, right, never getting to read those books, only on vacation. And the second road was what, unbeknownst to me, ended up being the life that I enjoy now. So that's kind of really how I got um, started. And I'm guessing that you all probably have a similar story. Maybe it wasn't in um, Sweden in the summer, but certainly something that really made you realize that the traditional path wasn't going to get you to where you wanted to go. And that was my story. Awesome. So how far are you on that book list now? Oh, I probably add like about 200, happy to say. Nice. That's that's pretty good. That's 1,000 books. we got some... Yeah. Some distance to travel yet, but you also like to travel a lot of distances. I love talking to people who are actually living the life. And you were yeah, mentioning I, earlier how you uh, spend a lot of time in different parts of the world. Tell us more about that. Well, really it's about um, setting up your, your systems, right? So I define systems as, as either having people or machines working for you. So at this point I've lived in about nine different countries, um, you know, over north, south, east, and west. Uh, Europe in um, in Latin America and Africa, you know, several several cities back home, whether it's Atlanta, New York, outside of Philly, um, where I am here in uh, Mexico, it's only 20 miles, miles south of San Diego. So the way that you set up a, a business like that is you really got to ask yourself, what is the single biggest thing that helps me get bigger and better results without me doing a work, right? So the, the old definition of what a successful entrepreneur is, one that gets the best results given uh, his or her time and money, right? So the new definition is really about asking yourself, what results can you get done without you, right? Because a business is a system, right? Anytime you're the only person that's doing the work, right, if you don't have machines or um, people doing the work for you, you really just own a job, right? But when you really move to having a system or software or people to execute your sales strategies, your marketing strategies, your product development, now you really have a business. And I think that um, the challenge is that there's a lot of talk in the whole online business or lifestyle business uh, arena about setting up systems, but people really don't define it for other people. And I think a litmus test for whether or not you have a system that will enable you to kind of live the true uh, lifestyle, you know, um, in, um, um, location-independent lifestyle, asking yourself, okay, what do I get done without me, right? And um, related to that is really asking yourself, how much does your business actually work without you, right? So the whole idea is that if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have access to a 401K or the other traditional, um, you know, pensions that most people figure it's going to be their path to retirement. Your biggest asset is your business. So I would say anyone listening call, I would challenge you to ask yourself in the next 24 hours or to seven days, like how much is your business, number one, worth without you? And number two, how much in, in income or revenue can your business generate without you? And uh, the extent to which you can uh, – what, what you grade yourself on that scale really helps you see how well your business is doing. So I hope that provides some insights into how we 
think about um, our system of CRIPS, which we will talk about in a second, but also how we think about crafting businesses that really enable you to live the location-independent lifestyle. Now, you're pri are you primarily in a consulting situation with individuals, or do you do group stuff, or how do you, uh, you know, well, you can't really do that without you in the in the business, right? Well, let's let's answer that answer that question. Can you? So think about the world. So to answer your question, that we uh, just launched a new um, software as a service called um, ConvertPort. That really is our answer to helping um, the audience that you talked about in the intro. Uh, these are uh, the the um, thinking about business owners who are also authors, okay, as as a, a particular niche. So helping them, mm -hmm. what we realized is that a lot of the tools out there in the market really didn't do what we what we um, did sufficiently. So we had to launch our own um, 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 tool. By the way, towards the end of the call, I'm happy to offer people beta access to that. But to answer your question, think about the world's biggest um, consulting firms, whether it's Bain or BCG or McKinsey. Though the people who started that company, they don't even live anymore. But those companies are 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 going on, right? So the challenge for us mm -hmm. as business owners is that we have to train people that can do the work that we can't. If you don't, if you can't do, if you can't train somebody, uh, as an example, we've just launched an apprenticeship program in our business because I really want to get to the point where I never have to do more than one to four hours a week of work that I absolutely love and still have the business grow, right? So not just be where it is, it's to grow. And what I realized is that until I really train um, an apprentice or clones, I wouldn't be able to step away from um, my own business. See, up until this point, what we have been focusing on to um, answer your question, Jack, is really um, delegation through automation. What we realize is that as the entrepreneur, if you don't have someone that can step into your place, think of it as an understudy. When people are doing plays, right, they always train an understudy. And even though the mm -hmm. understudy may not be as good as you are at, at, at executing, chances are that you can train five understudies, right? So to, to answer your question, I think that every business owner, this is something that we work on in terms of challenges ourselves, should step back and say, instead of trying to find out how I can find someone who's a, a, an exact clone of me, right? Because if you're good at what you do, nobody will do it 100%. Ask yourself, how can I find 10 people that do it 75%, right? So that was the real mindset shift for me. And when we work in um, group consulting or collaborative consulting sessions with our clients, on, on a rare basis we, um, we've done that, what we tell them is that you have to think about cloning yourself in a manner where you can get somebody from your own in-house training to 75%, right? Because if you can find 10 people who do what you do at 75%, that's still more output than one of you at 100%. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of cloning. That is that is uh, actually really good. So we do uh, we do a lot of group coaching and things like that. So we can scale, you know, to uh, you know any size because we do group coaching, but we do one-on-one -on -one group coaching where there's usually one person that we're focused on, and everybody else gets to sit and learn and and hear about the you know questions that they didn't know to ask that you don't know what you don't know questions and get answers right. and things to that. So we we've got a scalable way that way, but this whole cloning idea that that's that's uh, taking it to another level. It really, you know, if we weren't in every single session ourselves, for instance, we have hug seats and things like that, if we weren't mm -hmm. having to be at every single one of those, uh, we could have more. And, yeah, we could train people. That would be neat. That's very cool. Well, why don't we get on to the crisp thing, and I think that that's what this is all leading up to, or at least one part of it. Tell us sure. about that, because it seems like you just design systems. You are very, very good at... Uh, coming up with these things. Maybe you can give us some examples of how this has worked in a real-world environment with maybe a, a client. You don't have to name them, but maybe talk about the system that you – the kind of system that you come up with for people or with people. Sure. Absolutely. I, um, I'm delighted to. And and just as a segue into that, Jack, though, because I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about sharing this uh, concept with um, my audience as well because there's a one point that I would be remiss if I didn't – make sure that we focus on for people. So here's the whole idea. As a business, um, your your business is the biggest asset that you have in your portfolio, right? So most business owners, they don't really think about, they might think about their house as um, an asset. They might think about their, um, 
you know, investment portfolio as an asset. But your business, if you're, if you're if you're an entrepreneur, is your biggest way of generating income, right? Typically, and so it really is your biggest asset. So the whole idea, though, is that unless you have people that can do what you do, your business never becomes sellable. So it's almost like you would never buy a piece of real estate if you couldn't sell it. Well, similarly, every business, and this is a, a big part of why we develop crisp, right? Because it makes your business more sellable. Everybody's going to exit their business. It's not just the folks in Silicon Valley, right? So think about this. You're either going to exit your business through an IPO, through an acquisition, or through a coffin, right? So everybody at some point is going to not be in their business. And most people who have private businesses, and this is what we found working with our clients, and I'll share a case study example, they didn't really have that aha moment where they realized that if they couldn't separate themselves from their business, they didn't have a business that was worth anything to somebody other than them, right? And so the whole idea is that when you purposefully make your business separate from you, now you really have an asset. You see, without it, you just have a job. You just own a job. But when you can actually separate yourself from your business, and the thing is that, um, a, a huge aha moment for people would be to actually that most from private businesses they don't value their business like they don't go and hire a business valuation specialist who tells them okay yeah you might be doing five hundred thousand dollars a year through your group coaching but your business is only worth uh, maybe ten thousand dollars because if you go the business goes right and they're just small tweaks that you yeah. can make so here's an example with what we do with Chris. So the single biggest thing that any acquirer is concerned about when they're looking at who to buy your business, let's just say you have somebody in the call and they're like, you know, I want to retire at 40 or 45 or 50, and I want to sell my current business, and I'm going to take, you know, take the um, resources from that sale, and I'm going to travel with my family for a year, and then I'm going to um, take the remaining money and buy a new business that was bigger than the one that I had, Okay. The single biggest thing that a choir is going to ask is how much, how much in sales, like how much can this business do in sales without, um, without, right? And so Chris, which is stands for just controllable, repeatable, scalable, predictable sales funnel, funnels is really about um, uh, moving the sales process away from a charismatic um, entrepreneur towards systems that can be repeated for everyone. So if you think about three pillars, the first pillar of what we do is that we move traffic to paid media, right? Because the thing is that if somebody bought your company, they too can open up a Google AdWords or a Facebook or a um, a perfect audience account, and they can go and buy the same traffic that you would. But if your, your traffic was maybe um, done through other more personal means, it would be hard for an acquirer to buy your business, right? So that's the first part of what we do. So as an example, we were working with a, a Kindle publisher someone who was a, a really great um, indie author but realized that she wanted to be more of a, a publisher than a writer, and so that required her to start hiring other people. So in the span of 30 days, she went from mostly her and her daughter doing the writing to hiring 10 writers. And what we work with her to do is to figure out how can you create a sales funnel such that like, you can break even on your media buys as quickly as possible, and then you can grow your audience and then you could sell more books on the back end than you could just trying to make money on the front end. Does that does that scenario make sense? Absolutely. I think it's something that not a lot of people that we run into are really thinking about, and I think it's time for them right. to think about it. Like even if you've got you know ahead of you, uh, when it, whenever that retirement plan is, maybe ten, fifteen, twenty years or more, it it makes you think differently about your business from the outset and probably would change the way you're doing it now if you were thinking about the exit strategy, which I don't think a lot of our clients actually do. They're just coming to us for help with how do I be a bigger, better coach or a bigger, better consultant or a New York Times best-selling author or something like that, and they're they're not asking that question. How do I get out of this? I'm creating this great big thing that's all centered around me, and nobody's asking the question, how do I get out of this? Absolutely. And how do you have a life where, so as an example, you know, one of the things that we challenge our clients to do is to really start any promotion strategy that you might uh, work with us crafting with what your values are, right? So for me, my values are, in no particular order, faith, family, fun, fitness, finances, future generations, uh, friends, right? And so when you think about those seven areas of your life, you need a lot of time and you need a lot of money to move forward on each one of those areas, right? 
And so what happens is exactly. that for a lot of solopreneurs, they might move forward in one area, like finances, right, because they grow their coaching practice, but then the family and friends, right, or fun is moving backwards because they're spending all their time running the business. Or they may say, okay, I'm just going to start working so hard and I'm going to spend more time on family and fun, but then the business doesn't move forward. So unless you um, automate your sales um, or delegate your sales and automate other parts of your business or delegate other parts of your business, you'll never be able to move forward with all of those um, all, in all areas of this life. So um, to make it be more practical, think about, um, so for us, Chris, like I said, it's about, first of all, moving traffic generation to a strategy where you can put in um, less time and get massive um, um, results, right? So every year there's something right. like what? Uh, you know, almost a trillion ad impressions that are available for sale. So traffic is not an issue, right? There's enough traffic to grow the size of any business that you might imagine. So when you realize that if you move your traffic generation strategy to one that's more leveraged, like paid media, then you can get further faster, then that is like a mindset shift. Then the second um, pillar is that we do what we call um, 80-20 customer data analysis, right? So now once you start buying traffic, then you have to ask yourself, like, what's the 20% of a customer base that's generating 80% of sales? Another quick case study is that in the span of um, we worked on a launch in last December, and we increased the customer lifetime value by 50%. Why? We basically isolated um, the, the top 2% of the new customers that came through the, um, the funnel that were willing to buy at price points that were something like 100x more. And so just by selling to that small uh, segment, Jack, we were able to increase by 50% the profits on the back end. But first you have to be able to look at the numbers, right? So the, step one is really leveraging paid traffic, right? Because you realize that when you have a traffic system that anyone who's well-trained can um, deploy, then it frees you up to do higher-value things. The second thing is just looking at, like, who are the few customers that generate far more um, far more in income? And then the third bit is just sitting back and saying to yourself, if I force myself to only do a few things when it comes to the sales funnel of my business or any other income-producing activity, then I, then I have to figure out how to delegate all the rest. So it really is like a cohesive strategy. And I think the challenge is a lot of people, they are looking for some magical um, ninja traffic tactic that is going to turn their entire lives into, you know, a dream. And they don't realize that it really is the higher-level issues that we're talking about that can lead to those breakthroughs. Yeah. So, you know, I, again, like when I go in and, and chat with, with folks' audience, I mention the higher-level things because I think that when you have that mindset shift about first looking at your business as an asset, not just a job that you own, then there are so many things that you'll give more attention to and so many things that you'll give less attention to. And you realize that until your sales can happen independently of you, you really don't have a business. You have a job. So I hope that's insightful. Yeah. Also, I think that one of the things that is really would be a game changer for a lot of people who are just really primarily focused on building the business they have right now or the job that they own, um, because they want that to be successful right now. I'll get to that later, they tell themselves. I'll get to how I'm going to get out of this later. Um, uh, would be if you were thinking about it in terms of like this right from the very get-go or starting today moving forward and everybody listening right now can't help it. It's already in your – we put the earworm in your head. It's already there. You can't forget what we just talked about. So I think it also changes the way you approach how you do um, – if you're a coach or a consultant or something and you do training, how you would do that training. Are you recording everything? Are you canning everything? How are you going to can it? What's your – um, you sort of uh, editorial calendar for your training that can then be repurposed very elegantly and easily when you start adding clones and you start, you know, I'm sure you guys talk, you talk about that a lot as well. Um, and you wouldn't even be thinking like that if all you were doing was building your job. And then, exactly. you know, you get tired of doing that and you get stuck in a spot where it's like, wait a minute, if I leave, this whole thing dies. We can't have that. Absolutely. And and to piggyback on what you're saying, if your business model is so complicated that that other people can't execute it, you have the wrong business model, right? So the thing is that it really requires a mindset shift. But, you know, we started the call with really talking about what is the why for doing all this. 
you know, building a kind of business. Maybe you don't necessarily want to live in Mexico or Europe or whatever, but let's just think about how bad the weather was in various parts of the world this past winter. So perhaps you are a culture consultant and you want to live someplace warm throughout the winter. How are you going to set up your business so that when it gets really cold, like back east, it just has been getting colder and colder, it seems, in the winter. And you have no idea how fulfilling it is to see all that um, snow going on back east <laughs> in the middle of December, and you're sitting 300 feet away from the beach, which is where I am, right? So that sort of thing isn't a, a fantasy, but it, it is something that you have to you have to get super serious about what your traffic generation strategy is going to be, what your sales strategy is going to be, and what your business is going to look like so you can do something like that, right, so you can step away. So you have a business model where somebody other than you can execute the really important things. You know, often in the whole community, people talk about outsourcing, but they don't really talk about, they don't really talk about okay, how, how can you hire permanent full-time people? How can you start seeing your investment in a, a sales funnel is not an expense, right, that you're always trying to minimize, Whereas an investment where you put a dollar in and you always get a dollar out. So that is something that I think is one of those foundational things that when people change their mindset, suddenly the traffic generation strategies that you talk about, like on your show or the next time they get a blog ping or the next time they see a, 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 a news uh, feed update on Facebook, they'll really be able to separate what is relevant to them from, from what isn't. And that really is a hope when – I share these uh, insights on shows, helping people really change that kind of, you know, foundational uh, mindset about building a what I call controllable, repeatable, scalable, predictable sales funnel. It's about building something that is a machine that operates independent of you so that your business now becomes an asset as is supposed a job that you own as opposed to when you had a job before and somebody else owns, owns a job. So I hope that is a refreshing way of looking at some of these, um, you know, income and, you know, traffic strategies, ETC. Yeah. Well, let's dive a little bit more specific into traffic strategies. I wanted to get your opinion on or your feedback on um, other strategies. You, you mentioned paid traffic and retargeting and things like that, but also, um, you know, integration marketing is a really big deal. It's kind of, with our help, becoming a buzzword in certain circles. And, you know, you talk about having a repeatable and reliable uh, system set up for lead generation in particular for traffic, one of the things I think you would have to talk about is integration marketing where you integrate your product, service, your lead, uh, your lead-in product, whatever that might be, into somebody else's sales funnel so that when their buyers come in, they're getting exposed to you and then those people are actually doing all the marketing of their own stuff and uh, quite better than you typically ever will. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that are really good at staying up all night and being on social media and watching their paid ads and, and testing and tweaking their AdSense and AdWords, or their AdWords and their Facebook ads and everything. And I think a lot of people have found that if they've tried that, they're not as good at that as they really even want to be. So we talk a lot about integration marketing where, where we're putting ourselves in the back ends of people who are doing that really well, who have a very, very big market share, have a lot, a lot of customers coming through all the time, customers that are ideal for your product or service. And uh, so we've been talking about integration marketing a lot. Do you also uh, address that? And is there anything uh, in particular that you do address with integration or anything like that with people, uh, clients? Sure. Fantastic question. So we have a um, an ethos that every client that we work with should think about mastering one paid form of media and one earned all right, form of media, whether it be integration marketing or strategic partnerships or um, guest blogging. And so my idea when it comes to this question is that first you have to start with the 80-20 principle, right? So, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be really influenced uh, on a personal level by the work of Richard Koch, who is the author of the book 80-20 Principle. He's also been mentoring um, Perry Marshall. And both uh, Perry and Richard has this idea that I share. Uh, in fact, I have an upcoming book in in um, in January called The Choir, and it's going to be going over some of this stuff. And the challenge is this. The thing is that there's a sea of um, alternative traffic generation strategies. What people have to do is first do some kind of strength finder test, and then in doing so, figure out which one of these strategies plays to their strength, right? 
So people who tend to be really numbers-oriented, okay, or let's just say you're really good at there's a certain form of, if you're really good at images versus, let's say, um, copy, then you might be one who wants to focus on, on, at least on the paid side, like display media, right, where images are everything, right? Because then you're in your strength zone. Similarly, if you were just a, if you're a very extroverted person, then when it comes to earned form of media, you might want to get really good at um, partnership marketing, right? So, I mean, some people call it integration marketing, where you connect with other partners, etc. And so, to answer your question, step one is always figuring out whether it's a um, a, a test like Strength Finders or Perry Marshall has a test. I mean, I don't get anything from mentioning these guys and MarketingDNA.com. What are you really good at? What are the few things that you can do really, really well and get big results, right? So the few things that are just um, effortless for you, like water off a duck's back, that get massive results, right? And then you want to scale that. So in the case of uh, strategic partnerships, I'm always, again, a fan of delegation. Most people who are trying to um, set up partnerships, they don't really figure out, all right, if there's a 10-step process to uh, acquiring, let's say, a JV partner, of those 10 steps, maybe two of those steps, you should be doing, and the other eight should be done by someone else, right? So let's just think about how mm-hmm. the step-by-step process would look like for recruiting someone as a potential joint venture or strategic partner. Step one would be the research, right? Step two would be gathering the contact information, right? Step three would be maybe sending some information about who you are, right? So four would be maybe setting up an in-person or a phone or a, a, a Skype chat, right? And step five would be both of you all negotiating when you would might you might uh, mail out for each other, let's say for a webinar or for a product launch. Well, the reality situation is that you only really need to be there for the conversation part and um, maybe the negotiation part, right? Like you don't have to be the one um, going combing Google for contact information. You don't have to be the one that sets up the webinar. Um, you don't have to be the one that does all of the minutia, right? And so to that extent, even something like uh, developing strategic partnerships can and should be uh, delegated. And that's the part, again, that is controllable, right, and repeatable. You know, we always push off to someone who is trainable those things that um, they can do so we can focus on the most important things. So I'd say that that is a new way of kind of thinking about how to do other form of marketing. Step one is really saying to yourself, if there's 20 different marketing strategies out there, or traffic generation, rather, strategies, which one plays to my strengths? Well, first you have to know what those strengths are, right? And then step two is saying, okay, if I have a step-by-step process for doing this, chances are there are only two of those steps that I need to be doing myself, and the other eight I should be um, I should be delegating out. And that's how you can get bigger and better results without having doing more and more work. So, you know, I haven't really heard a lot of people, particularly in the area of uh, integration marketing, talk about this kind of process, Jack. So I hope if somebody walks away with this new way of um, thinking about how to actually execute, right, because the challenge for everybody is that they can listen to great shows like yours, but then what happens? Even if they take notes, the challenge is that somebody has to do the work. And we are all faced with a situation where there's so much, there's, there's so many strategies that we've learned, but there are not enough hours in a day to execute them. So we really work with clients to get end results. The only way to get end results is that you have to have some, some other people and you have to have some machines doing part of the work. Um, and your job is to listen to shows like this and to set the strategic generation, the strategic direction of your business, and then to have other people do it so that you get results without your having to do the work. So I hope that is um, a fresh perspective for you. Things out of that course or in a web really excited. Awesome. choices they may see before them and the ways that people are saying you have to market this way. You have to do it this way. You got to do integration, you got to do joint ventures, you got to do paid. And and when they look at whatever's on that plate and they don't like any of it, they start to go down the road thinking, well, I've got to do this and and they make the mistake that you would pick up right away. I've got to do it all on my own and I don't like it. And they proceed to do it and they go on a hangout or they do something with media that 
uh, even in their copy, they sound uncomfortable because right. they are. And if you sound uncomfortable, it really doesn't matter which strategy you pick, you're always going to fail because people can smell that like a shark can smell blood two miles away in the ocean. And they run away. They're like, you're not confident. This isn't, it's not jiving with me. On the other hand, on the flip side, I've noticed a lot of people who just seem to be thriving in their environment. The way that they've chosen to communicate, the way the mediums that they use to communicate, get the message out, get the traffic, the lead generation going, they just seem authentic and they seem very, very comfortable. And those are the people, uh, not coincidentally, that have the biggest sales, the biggest successes, the biggest growth, the meteoric rises that we see all around us when we're watching people just come, come out of nowhere and they're very comfortable in how they've chosen to do what they do. And I'm sure in most of the cases, they've got a lot of good delegation going on as well. So it looks like they're doing a lot more than they physically, personally are. And that gives them also more time to be comfortable with the way that they're actually out there doing their marketing. And for you to say that you have to pick something, that is perfect because that gives everybody listening a chance, a choice that, okay, I don't have to do it the way uh, Gary Vaynerchuk does it, which is a big relief to like most of the people on the planet because nobody wants to try to be Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> or you know anybody else that has kind of shoved it down their throats that this is the way you got to market and it's the only way you're going to succeed. And that's not true. Yeah, well, I mean, in the sense of, you know, other specialists, experts, whatever we want to call them, most of them have, by um, accident, I feel, found that thing that really plays to their strengths. And so when you're doing something that's natural, it feels so easily, it feels so easy that we feel like it really is the answer because we're like, you know, I've, there, we're, we're doing like, I've tried everything else and this is the easiest thing. And we naturally assume that, it is the thing that's going to be easy for everyone else. So now, whether we are hiring people or whether we're working with clients um, or even strategic partners, when I'm working with strategic partners, the first thing I do is share my strength finder assessments. And if I have someone who doesn't really want to do that, I don't even work with them because I know if you don't know your strengths, you're not going to be staying in your strength zone, and I know that you're not going to be as efficient as I am in getting results. And so when you um, are looking for a traffic generation strategy or looking for a product launch strategy or looking for any way to get results in your business, start with a, a clear assessment of what you're good at and then say, okay, of all these strategies, of all these people I could potentially hire to do work for me, of all the even employees that I can have work for me, which one plays to my strengths, right? Because a flip side of this is uh, you can also figure out where your weak is at. And you, when you go to hire people or when you go to partner, let's say in the case of joint ventures, you can partner with people who are, are strong where, where you're weak. And, it's, you know, the challenge is that we all want that, you know, everybody listens to podcasts, as I said, and they watch um, videos and they go to YouTube and they go to conferences and they go on LinkedIn and they go on Facebook. Everybody's just looking for that killer app. And what they don't realize is that they all work, right? But the challenge is that if you don't find that one thing that pays to your strength, you're not going to get the best results. And so where we really distinguish ourselves in terms of a USP for our services is that we start out with understanding what our clients and our partners and our employees' strengths are better than anybody else. And now once you know those few things that they can do and get massive results, you make sure that, you know, you um, support them only doing that stuff. So just to use another traffic generation example, Jack, consider this. When people are doing any form of content marketing or any form of joint ventures and strategic partnerships, there has to be some communication, right? And that communication could be verbal, it could be video, it could be audio. Well, what would happen if people really did a, a strength finder assessment and they realized, you know, I just come across a lot better in words, and I do on video or audio. Or, you know what, I just can, you know, I'm, I'm horrible at videos, I'm horrible at writing, but you just get me on the horn talking, and I, I'm just so persuasive. And then they directed all of their um, promotional strategies toward that one way of communicating, and then they just got really better than, at that than other people. Imagine the kind of results that people would get. And so that's just an example of how, even when it comes to your content marketing or your strategic partnerships, how do you communicate better? Like what, you know, what, um, there's some ways that you can generate content that are going to be infinitely easier and more effective for you than others. And you can't have a sales funnel without content, right, because sales is just a, 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 a conversation with a purpose. So even knowing after this call 
what way of communicating are you uh, infinitely better at than others is going to help you. And I would just uh, challenge everybody to use an execution strategy that I share whenever I am connecting with people. And it basically looks like this. Just go to google.com slash calendar, right? And what you do is set up a date for yourself. I have a date with myself once a, a day where I'm just asked a question that I, I'm prompted. And the question goes like this. What's the one thing I can be doing to get uh, results bigger and better? So one question that you might ask yourself, let's say, for the next seven days after listening to this call is, what are my strengths? And so all you have to do is just go to google.com slash calendar and set up a, a recurring meeting for yourself. Maybe, you know, 12 o'clock from 12 to 12.15 for the next week. You are going to be reminded to ask yourself and to go and find out, how do I figure out what I'm really good at? And this is really how you go from information to execution, little steps like this. So I, I just am so excited by the potential success um, case studies that you're going to get, Jack. If people just take action on, okay, now that I've, I've learned this stuff, how do I put it into work? Because it's so easy to listen to a podcast or go to a conference, and we have all this great information. We get excited, but it never gets put into action, and people don't get results. And I feel so passionately about helping people get results that I know even that one little uh, strategy of making sure that people just take, you know, one or two things from your show and then acting on it. And in particular, if they just take action on learning how to really get good at identifying their, their strengths and making sure that any traffic or marketing or sales strategies that they employ really play to their strengths is going to yield fabulous results for people. So I'm excited to get the feedback yeah. in the coming weeks from people who call you in. Absolutely. I, I think um, one of my biggest things has always been being a sponge, and uh, in in some time, some parts of my career uh, online, I have put myself up as the sponge. I will be the sponge, and I will filter out all the junky stuff and give you guys the good stuff. If I'm talking about my blog content or a, a you know a podcast or something like that, and there's a danger in that because, and and it's not even whether you set yourself up for that or not. The internet itself is just rife with possibility opportunity around every corner if you don't know if you don't ground yourself like you just sh showed people how to do and i just feel feel like it's grounding and i always have to push myself to to make sure that i'm doing that stop and ask the question what did you decide your focus was going to be yesterday are you still today doing that are you working toward that are you or did you just get distracted by a squirrel you know, or a shiny object or whatever you want to call it, and are you chasing, you know, something down a rabbit hole that's not even related closely to what you're doing or any number of other things. If you want to do something, I think maybe you could talk about how people look at opportunity when they get on social media and they're doing something and they're still on point and they're still focused, but they're doing something on social media and then all of a sudden they find themselves 20 minutes later distracted. Like, wait, I should have got sure. off here 20 minutes ago. Like, how do people spot while they're going? So they've got their calendar, and they have a date with themselves, and so they have that ability to stop, drop, and roll, put themselves out, get all the fires off of them, and think, mm -hmm. what is my main purpose, and am I still on point? So that's when they stop and do that. The calendar will remind you. It will light up your phone, and, and that's really super reliable, and everybody should do that. But what as they're traveling through the Internet and they're going to conferences, conferences are just like the web in real life. They, they, a new speaker gets up and says something fantastic, and now all of a sudden I want to do that for my business. Crap, but I just did that with ten other speakers, and now I've got all these notes and everything. Shouldn't the opportunities, even though the people who are excited about them, who created them, who strategies, tactics, things like that, they're really into them like you mentioned before, you shouldn't just let yourself be guided by their emotion alone. Shouldn't it speak to you? Is there any kind of a filter you can place on yourself that says, I have to be this, this, and this before I ever get excited just externally by somebody being really excited about their thing, about how to get traffic or how to uh, grow their business or how to write a New York Times best-selling book or anything like that. I have to be moved in like these three ways. Or is there some kind of a system that you help people you know, kind of move around the earth so that they don't get so distracted when they're not having a date with themselves? Sure. Brilliant question. So the first thing is I'll share another resource that I use called KISS Reminder. So K-I-S-R-E-M-I-N-D-E-R.com. It's a free site. 
And what you can do is send yourself, it's almost like a personal assistant, and you send yourself um, reminders or nudges. Um, and when you think about it, most of us don't do things for the couple, for a couple of reasons. Number one, we forget. That's a big thing, right? Because if you if you look at the fact that there are over a trillion ad impressions a year being sold, every ad impression is just a sales message. It's just somebody yelling at you. In fact, the New York Times did a study that says that there are anywhere from five to twenty five thousand sales messages being um, presented to the typical American consumer. So think about this. Imagine if you walked in a room and someone's like yelling at you, oh, you got to do this, oh, you got to do that, you got to do this, yelling at you 25 different things. Who wouldn't forget what they're supposed to do, right, with all that yelling in the yeah. room? So I would always tell people that if you don't have a system, for, there's a system in place to distract you. So if you don't have an equally powerful system in place to keep you focused, you cannot win, okay? You just cannot win. It's like an elephant, you know, against. Um, you know, a baby kid. And so the first step is just using even free tools like Google. I just use Google Calendar because it's kind of ubiquitous. Um, there are also apps like the um, the SAS app I mentioned, um, Kiss Reminder, and we don't have any kind of relationship. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't get anything from sharing these resources other than the pleasure of seeing you succeed. And there are a few apps. Can you, can you, uh, I can, sorry, I, I just wanted to make sure that we had that right. I, the, the, can you spell the first part of that reminders uh, thing that you're um, talking about? Yes, K as in kiss, I, S as in Sam, reminder.com. K-I-S, so kiss okay. Yeah, kissreminder.com. So the first step is understanding that if you're going to execute, you just have to remember to do stuff, right? So, you know, the thing is that you've got to remember on a daily basis. You've got to nudge yourself. The second step is the filter that you talked about is really saying, Understanding what you're good at, your strength zone, as John uh, C. Maxwell would call it, and understanding that by default you should filter out everything unless every now and then you um, hear something that plays to your strength. So here's a really great example. Of my, I love to learn just like you, Jack. But if I'm looking at any kind of course, any kind of conference, any kind of strategy, and they don't mention the word delegation, I'm not buying it. Why? Because I realize that even if, I, even if what you say works, if I have to – go through your course, and I have to do the work myself, it's never going to get done. So if you don't have a specific strategy to show me how to, to um, delegate your system or the execution of your system to a team, it's, it's money down the drain. So I think everybody needs to figure out. If you're a numbers person, then you need to focus on those strategies that are very quantitative, okay? If you're a more empathetic, you know, creative, right-brain kind of pe person, Ignore all those strategies that, that you did where you have to be really good at numbers because that doesn't really play to your strengths. So the first step is just reminding yourself of what you told what you told yourself you're going to do ages ago and consistently um, be on that. The second thing is knowing your strengths and by default saying no. See, most people say yes by default. So by default, I say no to everything, and only where somebody mentions something that I know plays to my strengths or I know has a system in place where I can get somebody else to do the work, do I pay attention to it? And so everybody has to develop their own list of criteria of what really works for them. But even a simple act of saying no to everything by default is going to help It's going to help you. And then the last bit is understanding that, again, to, to tie everything back to what we discussed at the beginning of the show, you don't really have a business unless somebody else is doing the work. And so all those strategies, there's nothing wrong with, you know, soaking up those strategies but you need to have a system in place, right? So, you know, my perfect day includes doing nothing but reading, um, having chats on interviews like this, um, like going over social media, really consuming content. And after I consuming content, really being able to pick out those few strategies that are going to work. But I don't get results from those things unless I can delegate out the execution of those steps to other people. See, in the past, I tried to do the soaking up, as you said, the sponge work and the execution, and I always fell short on the execution because until I realized through my own strength finder assessments that I'm more of a, 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 um, um, a strategic thinker than a, a, an operator, I was always pushing myself to do the things that didn't really work for me. Some people, they're not interested in being a sponge. All they want to do is a list of they, – they love to do. You know, we've been um, told a lie, which is um, – oh, um, um, doers are more important than thinkers. No, it takes a lot of work. A lot, you know, the brain uses like 23% of its energy just thinking, right? So if you're really good at deconstructing things and thinking and you can put a system in place to have other people do the work for you, then you'll be so much uh, more effective than trying to do it all. So I hope that adds some, um, 
some insight into this whole notion of how to just get really good at a traffic strategy that plays to your strengths, how to get really good at following through, and how to uh, filter out all those things that don't um, really focus on your doing less as opposed to doing more. What I really uh, enjoy about one of the themes uh, that you're talking about today is um, is just permission. I mean, I think a lot of people are in such a, a training mode at different times, and you know, whatever they're doing, they just feel like, well, there's got to be, there's going to be an expert out there, there's going to be a guide, there's going to be something I can do to help me through this. And you're really talking an awful lot about people thinking for themselves and making sure that every decision they make and everything they see and look at and consider first gets filtered through that core of what you have decided is the most important, like playing to your strengths and, and, and delegation is really important or, or I'm not listening, I'm not going to go there. Um, I think that's one of the best messages I've heard in a long time because there's, there's, if, you do, if we're not talking about this, if we're not talking to you today about this, there's a tendency for even us to go off and go, let's just give everybody a whole bunch of options. So let's get this guest on the show or let's get that guest on the show and they can learn yet another way to succeed when there are way too many ways to succeed and not enough choices being made by people uh, in their businesses that this is the way I'm going to do it because it, it comes up with your list of really important things. It's got to be uh, delegatable. It's got to be. It's got to play to your strengths. It's got to. You know, there's a list of things that everybody should have out of this show now. That if you go forth today, that'd probably be one of the most valuable traffic master shows that we've ever had, because it would actually get people going. Let's make these choices for ourselves, and let's just go forth. And you're giving people permission to do that. I think it should be a huge relief to an awful lot of our listeners. So thank you for that. Awesome. Awesome. And again, like I said, I mean, it's, I don't get anything from Google. I probably should. I don't get anything from these sources. We all Just should. Go, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, by the time your head hits the tail tonight, you're going to hear another 5,000 probably sales messages, right? And sales messages can come from email, from the ads you see on Facebook, from Google ads. You're going to hear so many more messages. And so how do you really make this the day of your breakthrough? Like how can there be um, a fork and a roll story that you can tell six months from now where you're like, you know, before I heard Jack's show with Shola Abido, I was doing this, and now I'm doing that, and my business is taking off. And the way that you can do it is simply through execution, right? Just set a date with yourself. Right. Go to google.com slash calendar. And just set it a date for even if it takes you months. Like just meet with yourself for, you know, five to 15 minutes a day where you ask yourself some really important questions. And the simple act of scheduling in is going to separate you from all of the night. Here's the reality. You know, probably 5% of the people who listen to this are actually going to do what we're talking about, right? So if you want to be amongst the 5% of people who get results versus the 95% who don't, you have to do one of two things. Number one, you have to take action, all right? Number two, you have to start figuring out how you're going to do um, less. All right, and then number three is that you have to say to yourself, I need to focus on those tr strategies that play to my strengths, and I need to figure out how to start getting other people to do work for me because until other people start doing work for me, I'm never going to have time to execute all these strategies, and I'm always going to be working, and I'm never going to enjoy the lifestyle. So it might not be a list of a 1,000 books that really motivates you. Maybe it's spending more time with your kids. Maybe it's taking them on a trip to Euro Disney. Maybe it's, you know, giving money to a, tra a, um, a charity. Maybe it's buying a car your, your dreams. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you really want results, then you ha action has to take place, and the action has to be either your action and or the action of other people that you delegate to. So I'm, I'm delighted to have been on the show to talk about this stuff with you. And, again, you know, it's a different take on the normal tactics that you hear, but they say if you want different results, you have to do the things that most people won't do. So for those 5% of you that are really going to take action, even if I'm being optimistic, there may be 20% of you all are actually going to take action. You're not going to be distracted. I'm really excited by the results that you get, and um, it was a, a pleasure to be on the show chatting with you, Jack. Well, to uh, to play us out a little bit, we've got about three minutes. Uh, if you could give us a synopsis or a scenario of a Jane or a John Doe that you've worked with in the past or an experience of your own just to leave people with some inspiration about a before and after, a before which we've, we've described really well, how people typically are 
struggling right now? And then and after, after they put your systems into place and they've, they've, done, they've done those last three things that you talked about, can you give us a little uh, a short inspirational story about somebody that you've worked with or yourself where it just turned everything around? Absolutely. So just to, you know, piggyback off of um, one of the most inspiring stories that, um, you know, I look at in my case file. So this is a woman who was going through a, um, again, you know, not mentioning a particular names, but if, if she's out there and she happens to be listening to her show, I want her to know how much our working with her actually affected us. So this is a woman who was employed as um, as a bookkeeper, but for a really long time, you know, she just loved she just loved to write, and so she started in um, early 2012 doing Kindle publishing. Well, throughout the course of her first year publishing, she got cancer, and so she had to start going to chemotherapy. And that was just, I mean, the typical person who has to work and go through chemotherapy is not thinking about starting mm. up a business. Okay. Well, yeah. she worked closely with us. And eventually, she got her, her um, business to the point where she could invest in our highest level training. And for uh, three months, we worked with her, who at this point was able to quit her job and to hire on um, a relative. And she came to us with a plan to move from where she was on the East Coast to now being in a position to purchase a, um, a condo in uh, Hawaii, which is something that she and her daughter want to execute in the next 24 months. And just that progression from a, um, you know, a Kindle author um, being happy, when we met her, she was doing um, less than $1,000 a, a month, probably close to the half of that, in Kindle publishing. To now not only moving from doing the work herself to hiring her own writers, we helped her set up a, a crisp uh, sales strategy and to delegate out. So now she has over nine writers working for her and her daughter's working for her and she's grown her business by over 10,000%. So that is a, an example of what really happens when, first of all, you stop doing a lot of things that really don't matter, and you focus on the things that do matter. You start paying to your strength. You get, you know, super serious about why are you in it all. And then last but not least, you really start building a business that's going to be able to operate without you and um, be, put you in a position where you will be able to move to some place like Hawaii and actually enjoy the sunsets. You know, it's no fun moving to Hawaii if you can't enjoy the sunsets. So that's a really inspiring story that I want to live, I want to leave with people. And yeah. I just want to let you know that, you know, the next time you see um, <laughs> a product lunch where someone is showing pictures from that fantastic um, Thailand beach or that amazing resort in Arizona and you're thinking to yourself, okay, how do I grow my business to the point where I can afford that and I can have a life? It really is through taking action. So go ahead and make a date with yourself. Because even if you just take action on one or two of the things that you spoke about, Jack, or I spoke about, you're just going to get results. And I'm just really excited by what's ahead of you. Tell everybody where we can find out more about this crisp thing and your strategies. Sure. So I invite everybody to uh, either reach out to me through um, Twitter, and we can connect on Twitter. Just go to twitter.com forward slash VRE Cap Group. Um, we're soon, soon going to be rebranding that Twitter account, but it's a, a great way to find me on um, social media, and I share some of these thoughts. Also, too, just reach out to me. Just go to Google and type in my name, Shola Abidoy, and um, reach out to me and send me a message on on uh, uh, LinkedIn. And if you're interested in really uh, scaling your sales and systematizing it, reach out to me. We can set up a quick consultation call. I'm also for the first 10 listeners of the show, if you want to try out our new SaaS called ConvertPort, we're just rolling out in beta, feel free to um, reach out to us, and we can set you up with a um, beta version of the software. And, you know, after we talk to you and really get a sense of what your values are and what you want to accomplish for your business, is this a good fit and you want to work with us, we're delighted. Otherwise, you just get some really great um, content because we do a, a, a diagnostic of your, your sales funnel showing you what, what the leverage points are and what you're doing wrong. And um, people walk away either way with um, uh, delighted by the results that we give them. So reach out to me via LinkedIn or reach out to me on Twitter, and I look forward to um, hearing from you. Thank you so much, Shola, for, for this. This has been a, a really, really great one. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Delighted. Have a good one. Gina, back to you. 
but I didn't want to interrupt because you guys really had the flow there. But wow, Shola, now I definitely see why Jan invited you as a guest today. I love everything you guys were talking about. So thank thank you you so so much much for being here. I definitely want to connect with you off the show because I think there's some stuff we might be able to do together. Awesome. Well, you got to make sure that you say it's delegatable or she says no. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Jack and I will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great week, everybody, and thanks again, Shola. Bye-bye. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters, from traffic to conversion to business success.